there has never been a more unique opportunity to network with more people using video technology like Zoom. And my clients are having four, six, sometimes eight networking meetings a day. I'm sorry, that's hilarious because you're not trying to pick up the girl, you're trying to pick up the girl's boss. And that's, that's just <laughs> precious. Who are you? And where are you going? What do you want? Together we'll find the ideal path on The Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. Welcome to The Way to Wow Show. My guest this week is Tom Kent, a graduate of the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, who has an MBA from the University of Texas at Austin and is a former consultant for PwC. After spending time as a CMO in Silicon Valley, Tom founded Career Nerds. Throughout his 18-year professional life, Tom has mastered the transition process. Now he works with executives needing to make that next career step. Last summer, during one of the worst job markets in over a century, Tom had 25 clients hired for executive roles. We're going to talk to Tom via Zoom, but first, I'm going to make myself a cocktail. Now, in my neighborhood, I'm known for making uh, martinis, and so I'm just going to whip myself up a quick martini here. Um, I make them um, usually about five to one, so just two and a half. This is just nice Tangeray gin. And I like my martinis dry, so I use extra dry, extra dry vermouth. Doesn't want to come out of the bottle here. This is a Cinzano, and just a half of that. And we're just going to get some ice. Go. Ice on the floor. I promise not to trip on it. One of the things I learned from uh, all the bartenders on the show is to stir your cocktails and really let some of the ice melt, let the flavors blend together. So hopefully my martini skills are improving. I'm just gonna grab myself a martini glass here. And get ourselves a strainer. Voila, I'm not, a, I'm not an olive guy, so we're ready to go. I'll see you over on Zoom. How can you improve your life through learning? So Tom, it's, it's good to see you face to face. Glad we got this opportunity. Um, you know, I wanted to start out because it, it seems to me that for the foreseeable future, Finding a job is going to be top on the list for a lot of people, whether it's getting a job, you know, after having lost a job or, or, or having to find a different job because they see that, that what they're doing now is on a path to nowhere. So you're really kind of the ideal person for me to, to talk to. Let's start out. Tell us, tell me, where do you think things are going in the job market right now? What, what, what are the trends that you're seeing? Well, what I see is that 
you know, we, it's a K-shaped recovery. Certain industries and certain uh, companies are doing really well. The stock market uh, consistently hits records. But if we think about, you know, certain areas of the economy like hospitality or tourism, then they're on the downward uh, slope of that K. So it's really looking at what, where are the growth of jobs? Uh, what, what's essential? Tech, of course, is uh, booming and a lot of the stock market is due to tech jobs. And so where I see opportunity is for people to really refocus on those areas that are growing uh, because what I see in the, in, you know, as a result of the pandemic is that there is a lot of growth. You just have to, you know, go after those industries that are growing rather than uh, thinking, hey, I, I lost my job in a restaurant and I'm not going to do anything about it. It's really being proactive and really seeking where the growth opportunities are. So, so let's take that person in, you know, coming out of hospitality, they were working in a restaurant. Maybe they owned a restaurant and the restaurant is, has, has closed permanently. Um, they've never, probably never been involved with technology very much. What does that person do in order to take advantage of where, gro where job growth is happening? Um, well, one of the things they can do is look online. All the knowledge you want is online for free. Go to YouTube, Google, anything, and really taking ownership and really finding that uh, that their next job or their next um, opportunity to upskill themselves is online. So really, it comes down to one word, curiosity, being curious about the world, being willing to learn and, and, uh, and really get out of your comfort zone and explore uh, where opportunities are and where you can upskill. So, you know, today's it's a digital world. I've created a coaching business entirely by doing sales calls and coaching people virtually. And, and I think that, you know, that's a big opportunity where people can sell products or services online rather than relying on a face-to-face -face, um, interaction like hospitality or restaurants. So you know, I, it's it's interesting as you're as you're talking. I, I recall um, when I was coaching people coming out of the military. So one of the most common statements I would get is, especially from Marines, by the way, I'm a trigger puller. There's nobody in the civilian life who who wants that. And I would joke with them, well, there's there's probably a few, but I'm not sure it would be legal to take those jobs. Um, but but. People seem to have a barrier to to getting that curiosity. Is is can you suggest some ways that will help people, you know, trigger their curiosity, get kind of get it going, jump started, if you will? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, Kevin. <laughs> I uh, I think that a lot of it comes from uh, you know not thinking, you know, when we grow up and, and when we're very young, we're very curious about the world. We learn a lot of new things. We learn how to speak languages, how to crawl, walk, and then run. And then as adults, we think, oh, we're, that's beneath us. You know, I'm not going to learn a new skill. I'm not going to learn something new. Uh, one, one thing that I 
teach and coach a lot is networking, the process of how to connect with a lot of people that you haven't talked to before and, uh, and do it really at a big scale. Well, you know, the guys that have the biggest trouble are the VPs of sales and the high level execs. And, and the reason why is that they've been doing things in a certain way and they think that that's the way to do it in the future. And I tell them, well, the past isn't the future. And here's the way that works, that you get massive amounts of results. Um, and I'll give you an example. One, one uh, belief people have about networking is that it's all about going to events where you have people uh, at a conference or something like that. I said, yeah, that's one way to do networking, but people aren't going to events. So I show them how to find um, the right kind of people on LinkedIn, send them a message, a very short message that is, you know, very uh, well-defined and scripted and set up a one-on-one -on -one 20 or 30 minute call. That's the new age of networking and they're getting massive results. So really being able to be open-minded, reframe what you thought, um, you know, success was in the past and looking being open and humble that, hey, I can learn something new. I think humility is also a big thing with curiosity. Uh, arrogance is the number one thing that I see that holds people back from being able to, to you know, take in um, a different point of view and new ideas. Again, you know, this, something you said sparked this thought in my mind. At, at the beginning of the whole COVID thing, you know, when we weren't going to be doing face-to-face -face events and all that, and, and I was struggling with wanting to keep in touch with the people in my network, right? And, and how am I going to do that? And so I just started a simple thing of, of each week sending them a text message, sending them an email, just, and, and it, was, it was short. A lot of times it was, I hope you had a good week, have a restful weekend or something like that. Um, and what I found was... Um, especially for the people that I was getting to know and 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 you know bond more closely with my network, I start after about three or four months. I started getting emails back saying things like, you know, I really love getting your email every week. And to me, it it, it seems kind of weird. Like it's, it's so inconsequential, just a, like a single line. But people really appreciate those connection points. And I think, I think we underrate ourselves in networking, especially when we think we don't have something to offer other people. And, and this is giving us a unique opportunity because sometimes all people need is just that connection. And, and, and that, that all by itself draws them into us more closely. I mean, I, I'll add, add on that. And, and you said, you know, I think you implied this, uh, look for opportunity in the situation. And, you know, I tell my clients and, and people that there has never been a more unique opportunity to network with more people using video technology like Zoom. And my clients are having four, six, sometimes eight networking meetings a day, per day. And think about that. Could they have that if they were going to a coffee shop, if they're going to an office? that wouldn't be physically possible. And they're networking with people all across the country, uh, let alone all across a major city. And so uh, the technology and, and the new way of doing networking is just, I think, just so much more advanced and lets you get a lot more done than the old way. 
So a lot of times, you know, getting that mind shift will help you actually be far more productive. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I think we, we've sort of hit on, if you will, kind of the first two steps of making a pivot, which is yeah. get the knowledge, right? F be curious and find out where you can go next. And then step number two is meet a lot of people who are in the area that you want to go into, right? And start building that network. So if we've done those two steps, where, where do we go from there? How do we go from, I know where I want to go, I'm talking to the people who are already there, but I still need a job. How, how, how do I sort of, if you will, close the deal? So I'm asked this question all the time by my clients, and, and today it was uh, three people asked me the same question. Okay, Tom, when am I going to find a job? <laughs> <laughs> and usually it's people who have just started the networking process. Right. So I, I, I actually have a very specific answer that I've told them. I say, once you do 50 networking calls, that's when you'll start, you can expect to start seeing it. It might come sooner after 10 or 20 but I give them an interval. 50 to 100 is the sweet spot that you should be finding opportunities if you're targeting the right people, having the right message, and you know, doing the right things in terms of following up. And so I think that's a pretty good number, 50 to 100. I, that's worked in my career. If by the time you're doing 100 and you're not getting some good leads and maybe, you know, that interviews that lead to job offers, you're probably doing something wrong. You're probably targeting the wrong people and your message needs some major rework. So I think 50 to 100 is a good number to say, hey, you'll be closing the deal by then. So, the, so it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, throughout these networking calls, you're not actually asking these people for a job. You're talking to them about the industry, learning about what's going on and that sort of thing. And then through that process, people start to understand who you are as a potential job candidate and then reach back to you when they hear about an opening? Is that, is that the dynamic we're, we're dealing with? Yes, that is exactly correct. What, what we're doing is we're having a discussion with like-minded people to gain information and advice and also ask for contacts. So instead of asking for a job, uh, what I tell people is you, you tell people what you're trying to do. So invite them on your journey of what you're trying to do in terms of your job search and allow them to help you by giving you advice, information, and recommendations. Mm -hmm. And through that, if there is an opportunity at their company or through somebody they know, then, then they'll bring it up. But the biggest mistakes I see people make early on is they ask for a job. Why is that a mistake? It's a mistake because most people don't have jobs and, uh, and it's a very desperate move and you're, and you're minimizing the impact of the networking from what it could be 100% to less than five or maybe one or 2% because that's how many people will have jobs. But what you're getting throughout the process is really expanding your information, being able to understand about the industry, about the company and about the other person. And those, by the way, are the questions that you ask about industry, company and about the other person and it doesn't have to be all it can be a variation of them and really gaining more information and then asking always on every single call do you know one or two people that you think i should contact 
And again, this is not people that have openings, but I just want to learn more. And uh, these are the kind of people that I'd be interested in talking to. Oh, excellent, excellent. So, I mean, the, the, the process sounds very simple, right? It's, it's, it's like those commercials when we were a kid. It's so simple, anybody can do it, right? Or it's just so simple, I mean, a kid could do it. And I used to look at those commercials as an adult and go, yeah, a kid could do it, but I'm, you know, 45, I can't do that. Um, so what, for, for people who are struggling with that, um, they could get in touch with someone like you, right? You're a, a coach. So how, how will someone be served by having a job hunting coach, or how will someone be be helped, if you will? How how does how does that process work? So since I started coaching two years ago, and even before, I had coaches. And the number one thing a coach does is help you get to your goals much faster than you do on your own. Right now, I'm working with three coaches, and and so I definitely understand the value of an objective perspective and someone who's uh, can look at my business and what I do in a, in a very different way. What I do for my clients in terms of, you know, getting them to their uh, next career move much faster is provide them structure and really an understanding of how they represent themselves, their personal brand on LinkedIn resume and telling their elevator pitch and their entire story, being very concise and direct and very future focused rather than focused on the past. And then when we go into networking on really how to do three things really well, how to find the right people, how to message them, and then how to conduct the networking meeting with the end goal to connect with as many decision makers as possible that could be in a position either to hire them or refer them to somebody else that could hire them. Uh, what I find people typically do is uh, they, the, the biggest mistakes I see is they talk too much about themselves. Uh, they think that the, the intro message needs to be a long winded um, a script about everything about themselves, which they don't really have to. And if you're messaging in LinkedIn, you actually want very little because most people check on mobile. So you want it to fit on one screen. And also the advantage of LinkedIn is that they can click over to your profile and hopefully you don't say too much about yourself so that you get some curiosity and get them to actually look at your profile. And if you have a great profile, it'll actually make uh, an even better impact with the messaging. So I think that, you know, really not fumbling around and, and trying to do things the wrong way. And actually it's, it's, you know, could people find, yeah, but it's much more inefficient if they're doing things the old school way of networking. Uh, a lot of people think about just their immediate network when they think about networking and rarely do they expand to talk to a lot of people where they have some commonality, but they might not have ever met that person. And that's where I find a lot of, uh, a lot of great networking happens is where you have comedy, same school, our commonality as maybe being veterans, commonality of working at the same company, say you've worked at IBM, same industry, same geography, finding something in that background that's common. And uh, that's really a great asset and, and great way to connect with people. 
right, so I'm going to switch gears up on you here before, before our time runs out, because I, I saw this uh, actually on your profile. Uh, you at, at some point got to meet uh, President Reagan, right? Can you, can you tell us the, the, the kind of the short version of that story? Because I'm, 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 I'm curious, and not very many of us get to meet uh, a president of the United States, so. So I was invited, uh, well, uh, I was, my senior year at West Point, we went to LA uh, and we gave a four day presentation at some academic symposium. And, um, you know, the first night at, we all went out and uh, we were at this pool, a pool table and um, my classmate and I were talking to a few, uh, few girls and, uh, and I just, the one I was talking to told me she worked for Ronald Reagan uh, doing finance for him. And, and then I said, said all these great things. And she said, well, would you like to meet him? And I said, sure. She said, so call me on Monday and uh, I'll set it up. I called Monday morning and by Monday afternoon, uh, I had a meeting, spent 15 minutes talking to him. I actually took my professor because he was in the room when I was calling the office and he drove me there. <laughs> so he got to meet him as well. I'm sorry, that's hilarious because you're not trying to pick up the girl, you're trying to pick up the girl's boss. And that's, that's just precious. <laughs> we actually never met after that. It was, uh, you know, the only time we ever met was in the president's uh, office. Very good. So. So going back to our first subject, <laughs> if I can stop laughing. <laughs> for, for someone who knows they need to make that, that, that career shift, that, that change in their profession, or they have to find a job, what's, what is something that they can do you know, right after they're finished watching this interview to take that first step toward that goal? What should they do? Uh, I would say, Two immediate things. First, you know, fix your LinkedIn profile and make it the best it can be. And second, find 50 people that are in positions that could be your hiring manager and you have some commonality and send them all connection requests that stress the commonality and what you like about their profile and then do a follow-up. Uh, what we do when we do 50 uh, initial connections, we usually get half people accept and out of those, about 40% um, agree to meet. So from 50, we usually get something like, um, you know, 10 or 15 uh, meetings set up. And that's a really well-targeted um, group. So if you do that with 50 people, you will get anywhere from five to 15 people and then set networking meetings with them and then repeat that, go to another 50, another 50. If you do this enough and you have 50 to 100 meetings, you will find a job. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Tom, wonderful advice. Great story. <laughs> I'm still laughing about it in my head. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming and talking with us on the Way to Wow show. Hey, thanks a lot. It was a pleasure. See you guys. That's our show for this week, folks. Thinking back about what Tom explained to us, when we're looking for that next step in our professional journey, looking for that next job, two things will serve us well. Curiosity and humility. Curiosity to find what it is we really want to do and humility to admit that we probably need to learn a few more things if we really want to get there. Sage, sage words indeed. 
courage at all times, my friends. And Marie, you're still my bell. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.